Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. Hello, thank you everyone for joining me this week for another episode of Vodka Melonade. I hope everybody had a really nice Thanksgiving. Um, I know I enjoy my time with my family. Um, It was just me, my grandma, my mom, and my aunt. And we all, you know, picked one or two things to cook and we all, you know, obviously were at my grandma's house and it was just really nice. It was, you know... (sighs) Thanksgiving isn't my favorite, but I think back in the day, it was just a little more festive and just exciting because we were all, all meaning like everyone in my immediate family was in town and, you know, you're still young enough to really enjoy it. And, you know, I do miss the days where I didn't really cook anything and I just showed up to eat. But now it's more hands on, but it's it's okay. But um, it was definitely a little more low key. Um, you know, we ate and we talked and we, you know, FaceTime with our out of town relatives and uh, we played a couple of games. So um, my mom, bless her, she she has all these like black culture games. So it's like some are like regular games like taboo or monopoly but just like flipped to represent black culture and then there's like other games that are just kind of like made up but again they're centered around black culture and I love my people but dang like (laughs) my mom is just she's like Angela Davis reincarnate I swear to God and I always like tease her or whatever it's like when she says all black everything she literally means it so we played a couple of her games and then we kind of settled into and like wrapped up everything playing heads up which I really like um you know it's the game where you put like your well now they use it um like digitally on your phone you can play the game heads up so you hold it up to your head and there's like a name of a person place or thing and everyone else has to help you guess what it is without saying the word that's on there and then it's like a rapid fire game so you just go through and guess as many as you can before the time is up and it's really really fun like it's 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 really fun so I enjoyed the day. The food was good. Brought home a few leftovers, which are pretty much gone now. And um, now it's onwards and forwards to the superstar of the holiday season, Christmas. So I'm looking forward to that. But all in all, you know, I'm off of work uh, Thursday, Friday, obviously Saturday, Sunday. So it's just nice to have a four day weekend. Um, Other than Thursday, like I've literally just been chilling at home. Um, just relaxing, catching up on shows. I've gotten back into playing like a couple of uh, video games that I'm really into, like Sims 4 and Mario Party and, you know, just kicking it with the cats and um, thinking of ways to make the podcast better and to share it 
um, a little better on social media, get more of an audience, just spread the word. So yeah, it's just been perfectly chill. I have been, um, like as far as like on my downtime, I've gotten back into one of my all time favorite shows called Parenthood. Now, there was a show with Robert Townsend called Parenthood. It was like surrounding a black family. Not talking about that. This one is another (laughs) show called Parenthood. And it's like, you know, with white people. But this show was like, this is us before this is us. And to me, a lot more enjoyable and um, a lot less like making me ugly cry every week. It has its moments, but like this is us was just like, I don't know what was going on. I was like a leaky faucet every single time I watched that show. But I really, I I watched the show way back, you know, when it was still on television, like, you know, 2010s or something, maybe even earlier, I forget. But it's streaming on Hulu. And I was like, huh, I'm kind of looking for a show. I, I, I'm, I am a creature of habit and I definitely re-binge things that I like often. One Tree Hill, um, Vampire Diaries, the OG Gilmore Girls. But I was like, you know what? I've already rewatched One Tree Hill and Gilmore Girls while I've been in this apartment. I was like, let me watch something different. So I was just kind of searching and then Parenthood popped up. And I just forgot how much I really, really enjoyed this show. So it has, funny enough, Lauren Graham, who's also in Gilmore Girls. She's in this show. Um, Dax Shepard, Erica Christensen, um, uh, Michael B. Jordan is on here for a season or two. And uh, Joy Bryant is on the show. And basically... It just follows the this family unit that lives in the Bay Area in California. And, you know, there's Millie and Zeke, who are the, you know, patriarch and matriarch of the family. They had four, they have four adult children. Each of the children have their own little family units. And it just kind of follows their day-to-day lives. But... I don't know this to me is just one of the few shows that really truly fleshes out the characters in such a really really thorough way and each and every character has character development each and every character you know has their pros and cons to them I feel like you know everybody has a redeeming quality to them even if you know they're not perfect and make mistakes and you know the ensemble cast is just really really good and I feel like it never got boring I feel like it didn't um the show didn't get belabored it was only six seasons and I feel like it wrapped up everything perfectly it didn't go on and on and on like some shows I'm looking at you Grey's Anatomy (laughs) and it kind of quit while it was ahead and I just thoroughly enjoy it um one thing I note about this show is that to this day it is still one of the best acting performances that I've seen from Michael B. Jordan and this was a long time ago this was pre-Marvel pre you know um Creed and all that other stuff pre-Fruitvale Station or maybe it was around the same time for him but this is like like right before his star started to rise and I mean, obviously, it's like after The Wire, and I'm including The Wire in my judgment, too, but 
there was just something about his performance on the show. He plays a young man. He's about 19 years old. He, you know, he's had a tough life. He um, lost his mother when he was young. She passed away. His father couldn't really cope, turned to drinking. And then his character in turn turned to drinking as well. Um, he was kind of on the streets. He dropped out of school um, and he ended up, you know, turning his life around, getting into AA. Um, there were points where he had to get his meals from a shelter while he was going through his tough time. And once he kind of got back on track, he decided to dedicate his time to helping others who are now at the shelter as like, you know, the organizer of the, the shelter itself. And that's how he meets this other main character named Hattie and they start dating, blah, 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 blah. But he just gives such a real and earnest performance in this and it's one of the few times I actually was like boohoo crying and um oh my god <coughs> excuse me <laughs> and I don't know I just I've I've I just haven't seen him perform that well since and I don't know what it is I mean he's been in really good projects that have been written by great people directed by great people but there was something about this I don't know maybe he to me personally maybe I just find him better on television I think maybe the big screen is a little too big for Michael B Jordan and I know that's an unpopular opinion I'm not saying he's not good I just don't think he's that great and he's a little stiff and boring and I find that Hollywood is so starved for, um, you know, young black talent that we cling to what we have and we kind of let a lot slide. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> but this this show overall is great. His performance is great in it. So I'm thoroughly enjoying my second watch through of this show. So if you're ever in need of a show to watch and binge, I can't recommend this one enough. It's streaming on Hulu right now. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is still. Uh, I haven't checked, but it's it's awesome. So 1010 absolutely recommend. It's it's been it's like my comfort show right now. So um that's, that's definitely where a lot of my time has been going over the last uh, couple of days during my time off. So um, I say all that just to say I hope everyone's having an equally relaxing holiday time with their friends and family. Hope it was stress-free. Hope the food was good. Hope everybody is safe and sound. I want to shift gears and talk about the American Music Awards, specifically um, kind of the backlash that Kelly Rowland is getting um, over her seemingly sounding like she was kind of supporting Chris Brown. I mean, I guess she was. I mean, she wasn't like, yeah, Chris Brown for president. Like it wasn't a full blown like, you know, celebration of him. But she kind of <sighs> she said more than she should have, <laughs> I think. And it all started because Chris Brown, he won, he won something. I'm surprised he's still winning things. I'm sorry. And I, I don't even care enough to like look up exactly what he won, but he wasn't there. Um, and he, uh, sh Kelly Rowland went up to accept the award on his behalf while she was up there. Um, 
you know, announcing that he'd won, people started booing. And, you know, it's interesting because just when I thought like people were, you know, kind of just forgetting everything that he'd done and, you know, just blindly still supporting him, I was kind of shocked, like, wow, there's still people out there who are who are booing this man. But, you know, she kind of cut off the booing, you know, so she could get through uh, her her acceptance speech on his behalf and she was just kind of you know congratulating him on contributing to R&B music and making good R&B music which is <laughs> I mean if that's what you want to call it I I guess technically it is R&B but he's not really to me making a great impact on music these days he hasn't in a long time um so for her to go up there and gush over him, it's like, okay, like all you have to do is go up and say, Chris Brown couldn't be here. I'm going to accept it on his behalf. Congratulations. I'll make sure you get this and then leave. You know what I mean? So for her to just kind of, kind of keep it going while she was up there, it was just a little strange. And then TMZ caught up with her later that week to, you know, ask her what she thinks, you know, about people booing and, you know, the backlash that she got for what she said on stage. And she kind of doubled down and she was talking about how we all need to forgive and people deserve forgiveness and nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, she herself is a victim of like abuse, domestic violence. And I just think it's really interesting how she's openly talking about like forgiving him and how we need to forgive people for things that they've done and it's like I mean maybe on her personal journey she's forgiven the person that did things to her but to kind of put a call to action for people to forgive Chris Brown it's like it's a little odd to me and why now um I don't think I've heard her talk about this before. So she says that the internet loses its shit. (laughs) And now there's like this call to cancel Kelly Rowland. And I want to be clear. I don't plan on canceling Kelly Rowland. And I also don't plan on forgiving Chris Brown. Um, (sighs) Chris Brown's decline for me is one of the biggest disappointments of my generation. He truly was something special and I feel like he's just put it all down the toilet I'm not saying he's not talented I'm not saying he can't sing can't dance whatever but I just I mean it was the greatest letdown I've experienced as far as like you know pop culture is concerned he I mean it's just it's so disappointing he was in a position where, I mean, he was in movies. He was, you know, breaking records. He was like the boy next door, you know, and he was growing up, you know, before everyone's eyes, but like with my generation, you know, we're the same age. And it was just, I mean, it was just something to see. He's like the definition of a triple threat. And he seemed like a really nice person to boot. He seemed like a great guy, likable. You want to be around him and, you know, I, I could tell like his music was starting to get a little more mature and that that was fine. It was it was to be expected. But I mean, what he did to Rihanna to me is inexcusable. 
I feel like people, you know, who are like on his side or whatever, they're like, their biggest argument is, you know, well, Rihanna, she's forgiven him. She's moved on. She's not bothered by it. So why can't we leave him alone? I'm not saying we need to be at his doorstep with pitchforks and, you know, torches every night, but I just feel like this, that's not the only disturbing awful thing that he's done that was just you know what got the ball rolling I feel for the decline of him I'm not I mean obviously he's still successful he's still making music he's still collaborating I'm not saying that he there's not songs here and there that I like but honestly I've completely purged my library of everything that he's done after the incident with Rihanna because I can't even enjoy it. It's not the same type of music even. <laughs> it's raunchy and gross. You know what I mean? It's just like sex this, sex that. He had a phase at one point where he, I don't know, he thought he was like a gangbanger all of a sudden. It's like, you're from Tappahannock, Virginia. What are you talking about? You're not a blood. Like, what is this? You know, he's like tatted to hell, all these piercings, you know, and I get, you know, your style evolution, but he just, I don't know, he just took a hard left musically even, but then it just seemed like he just wasn't a very likable person anymore. I just, the way what happened with Rihanna, it was just so unsettling because you would never think that he would do something like that to that extent you know I mean we don't know these celebrities or whatever but I mean her everybody's seen the pictures we've heard what happened that night you know what I mean but to kind of walk it back a little bit that's not the only disturbing thing that Chris Brown has done since and to me he hasn't really learned from it you know I feel like he's gotten progressively more erratic and you know, his behavior has been like out of control and he's been in so much legal trouble for other things outside of that. But he's also, you know, been in trouble and been accused of more allegations of abuse, of sexual assault. And it was just kind of like one thing after another between when was that with Rihanna? That was back in 2009. And then up until now, you know, I mean, Karuchi Tran, she had to put a restraining order on him after they broke up because he was sending her threatening uh, text messages that he was going to beat her up. You have people saying that he's, you know, drugged them and, you know, tried to sexually assault them. He's he's straight up just beat women up and not even just women. He's gotten into altercations with people at the club, like men at the club. Um, I think he threatened Frank Ocean at one point. You know, he's, um, you know, oh God, he's been arrested. He's been in jail. He's been detained in other countries for different, um, lawsuits that are against him. He's like abused, you know, his parole privileges. He's had parole revoked. I think at one point he was like doing community service for one thing or another. And he like tested positive for marijuana while he was doing community service and it's just like I mean it's just like one thing after another not to mention he's had like three children by three different women in between all this you know which I find a little irresponsible and it's just I I'm just so done with him 
And I'm, I'm done with people looking at me crazy and others who think like me crazy because we should just be over it by now because, you know, the Rihanna thing was so long ago. And I'm not just looking at the Rihanna thing. I'm looking at his behavior over time. I think at one point um, he... It was kind of ruled that he had some mental health issues and maybe his behavior was in connection to that. And he was maybe trying to, you know, self cope with the mental issues that he was having instead of, um, you know, I don't know, getting treatment and help for it. But after a certain point, it's like you are afforded the luxury of being able to take time and seek help if that's what you need. And I know you can't help people who don't want to help themselves, but it's like, I mean, come on, dude. Um, I, I can't, I can't hop fully on that, you know, mental health bandwagon with everything that he's done. It's just, it's a complete definition of a rap sheet. And I, I don't know. And then, like I said, there's all that plus, his music is just, it's not what it used to be. It's not what it used to be. He, if there's no depth to it. I feel like he's auto-tuned to hell and he doesn't need that. And the music just isn't good. I'm not, I'm not expecting him to stay in that teeny bopper, you know, um, whatever bubblegum phase that he kind of had when he first came out. But I feel like there's a way that you can you know, use your voice and, and just contribute positively to the music industry. I feel like, I don't know. He's just, he's just on that Trey songs lane where all they, like I said, all they do is talk about sex and partying and this and that. And it's like, okay, what else you got? You know, it's like, you can't be a shit person in real life and then make shit music with shit content on top of it. Like, where's the redeeming quality in any of that? And I just think it's such a shame. And it, it really, like I said, it, it just blew a huge hole in pop culture at that time because you just wouldn't suspect it. And at the AMAs, I believe he wasn't there. Um, he was supposed to actually perform at the AMAs. He was supposed to do a, a whole Michael Jackson tribute. And I don't know what it was for. I don't know if it's like the anniversary of something, but you know, I'm not surprised that he would try to put something like that together because I mean, who else can do a Michael Jackson tribute, but Chris Brown, right? He's done it before and he looked up to him. He loved Michael Jackson like everyone else, but I believe ABC, I don't know how they forgot or it was like an oversight, but you know, they were like, whoa, whoa, like we're not going to have this basically this abuser perform at the AMA. So they scrapped his performance and he, he just didn't even show up. I don't know if they told him he couldn't be there or he just decided not to, but they definitely scrapped his performance. And there was footage that got released of him rehearsing this performance. So he was like fully invested. It was choreographed, you know, it was, they were, they were practicing and they just said, no, we can't do this. I don't know how it slipped through the cracks to let him get to the point where he was performing for the show but you know in any case someone at ABC was like um excuse me what the hell is going on and they put the kibosh on that and I mean it sucks because I know he would have done a good job but I I mean this is what this is kind of what you get for your behavior you know 
I mean, he still has fans. He still has people that love him. I am just no longer one of those people. And I loved Chris Brown so much. And it was, it's truly a blow. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that Kelly Rowland kind of was so open about speaking so positively about him. I feel like there was a way to kind of be neutral and respectful and polite and kind of keep it moving. But she, I don't know, she kind of was raving about him a little bit and and kind of expecting people to just forgive and forget. And I just, I'm, I'm not one of those people. Um, she she I think she made a mistake with that so hopefully she can kind of turn that around I I don't think canceling her is is an option she's Kelly freaking rolling <laughs> but um I mean you wouldn't catch Beyonce saying that that's all I'm saying <laughs> so yeah that's my two cents on that continuing on the topic of you know just music in general I got I haven't even been enjoying music like I used to the the most enjoyment I get when I'm listening to music is if I'm listening to throwbacks. So anything like prior to I don't know. I don't know. Anything between like I don't know, the seventies and early two thousands. Um, anything after that it's like hit and miss and lately it's just been all miss. There are a few artists that I can kind of rely on to give me quality and that's Beyonce, Taylor Swift, uh, and Paramore. Really. <laughs> that's about it. Um, they just constantly deliver. They constantly um, you know, kind of change things up, change their style, the vibe, and it's just it's just good music. And I feel like it's, you know, their stuff stands the test of time and all the other stuff. I can't even, I don't know if that's just like a sign of getting older, you know, when you're listening to certain music, you just can't tolerate it anymore. But I physically just can't like, I've completely given up on rap music. I used to like Megan the Stallion, but now I'm like, I'm just over it. It's like, how much can you shake your ass and talk about men wanting to see you do it? I, I don't know how much more of that I can really take. It's like lyrically, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a hot mess and it's kind of boring. I like her for who she seems like as a person. Like she went back to school. She got her, her degree. She's, you know, feminist. She's, you know, positive and all that but the music it's just it just doesn't hit and I <laughs> that's why I just kind of stay in my lane like thank god Beyonce recently released something thank god Taylor Swift recently released something and I know Taylor Swift isn't everybody's cup of tea but I think she's a genius at what she does and her music to me it just it speaks to me lyrically and I think she's very smart with how she does her music and it's all connected. And I feel like, you know, there's a Taylor Swift album that I can like listen to and be transported back to a point in time. I don't think Megan Thee Stallion or any of these other rappers or, 
you know, whoever is out there, like this ice spice girl, like I, I don't get it at all. I really don't. Um, you know, all these other rappers that just have a bunch of letters in their name and, you know, even Drake, like what the hell is Drake even doing these days? I just, there's just nothing. There's no substance to it. None of this crap is gonna, is gonna last. We're not gonna look back on you know, any of these hundred mixtapes that Drake has put out lately in like 10 years and be like, oh man, that's a classic. Like it's not going to happen. Um, and it's just made me just bored with the industry and it makes me sad and nostalgic for what things used to be. And I, I hear my mom and other, you know, older people, you know, talking about music these days and, you know, how, it wasn't, this isn't how it was back in their day. And, you know, you kind of roll your eyes at them, but I'm thinking I have to be 50, (laughs) 60 years old before I got to the point of like missing yesteryear. But here I am at 33 already missing it. You know, I'd rather go all day and listen to stuff from way back, like old pop music, like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Britney, or go back to the 90s and, you know, listen to Montel Jordan and um, Main Condition and Brownstone, um, or, you know, listen to like super classic stuff like Frank Sinatra and Etta James. Um, And it's like, cause that stuff, it's just moving and it's comforting and it's just good solid music I shudder at the thought of like the direction that music is going as a whole right now and it's just really sad I'm like are all the good times gone musically I mean movies are barely holding on by a thread there's just reboots after reboots and nothing's original anymore it's like once in a blue moon you know and it's like, have I had all the fun I'm going to have with with media content? <laughs> like, say it ain't so. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of depressing when I think about it. And then I think about the future. Like, what the hell are my kids going to be watching? What are they going to be listening to? Because, I mean, I know they say, like, history repeats itself. So maybe by the time my kids are, like, growing up and listening to their own jams, maybe something would have come full circle by then. Because right now, it's just shit. It's just shit. That's why I find myself re-watching TV shows that I enjoyed. Because it's guaranteed good and it's, you know, it's not going to be a letdown. You, I, I, I try and stop new stuff because it's just stupid. You know, you try to give music a try and I end up, you know, listening to Tay-Tay and, and, and B <laughs> over and over again. And Paramore, can't forget them. And just other things that I just listened to as I was growing up during like my formative years because it was just the best. It was just the best. And, you know, music that was like even before my time, I can even appreciate it. And that just shows you that it stands the test of time. You know, I I highly doubt that my kids are going to hear a Nicki Minaj song and be like, wow, this is really cool. You're listening to this, mommy. Hell nah. That's not how it's going to be at all. (laughs) I, I just weep for the state of things in a lot of ways ways I'll probably have to talk about on another episode. I'm going to leave this right here. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, y'all.
Hey guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now there's a new episode every Sunday, so be sure to come on back for another round of Vodka Melonade. Bye.